The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 129. Yeah, that's yeah. right, 129. All right, uh, I guess we got a follow-up here. Yes. Uh, there were some new indictments in the Russian yes. collusion yes. investigation. That's right. Uh, more like the Russian confusion yep. investigation. Yeah, I'm not so confused. confused now. As it's beginning to look I know what happened. as if just about everything Trump said about it was true. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, yeah. I would have thought there'd be a little yeah. something. It's not true. But uh, no, the incompetence of the opposition is, uh, is far more severe than even my most cruelest jokes about them could possibly make it out. To no, me. that's just outrageous. The, nope. this, the, this indictment prove that this was completely utterly necessary. I mean, come on. If you guys had had your way, these criminals would get away with the heinous crimes that they performed on us, which, in the words of the great Jonathan Alter, is probably oh, akin to Pearl Harbor. Oh, my God. I mean, what? did you ever think yes. before you spout that poo? What? I mean, that is just 100% bull. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it... it it always goes to the feces, doesn't it? Well, that's yeah, more about feces out. later, Lefty. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll never forget Jonathan Alter when he had his meltdown during the 2000 election and oh, swore that the American did. people would never allow George Bush to enter the White House. And then uh, well, they the late have. Tim Russert and Tom Brokaw, to their credit, had to rein him back in about how absurd what? that notion was. But anyway, here he is. Yes, of course, an idiot like that now, would, now, come on. you know, and I'm going to give him a pass on sheer stupidity, would go what? so far as to... Come on. Desecrate the memory and uh, the heroism of the survivors of Pearl Harbor oh. with this kind of nonsense. Uh, so basically, the indictments come down. And what are the crimes? Well, they're not collusion. What? They're not rigging the election. What? It's basically identity fraud, uh, mail well, fraud, serious. that sort of thing. That's very and serious. the likelihood that they'll ever get extradited from Russia is pretty slim. Unless, well, you know, Russia wants something in return. And uh, boy, that's. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. There would be your collusion. What? Uh, so, yeah, much ado about nothing. Boy, no. I tell you, a lot of money wasted yep. and uh, effort and whatnot. And, of course, it just walks right into the trap that isn't what? realistically completely fair. But we had the massacre in Florida oh, no, where the killer had several warning oh, signs. No. The, invest uh, the uh, oh, no. FBI was alerted to them, and they did nothing. Oh, my and God. And now, well, we had the massacre. Oh. Meanwhile, they're pursuing yep. this absurd right. uh, investigation, yep. which has all the hallmarks of being absolute oh. crap. Oh, my God. Um, and nevertheless, uh, uh, they're going to do it with uh, a few process crimes indictments, and then these guys... Uh, for, you know, identity fraud and that sort of thing. Well, wow. that's important. Yeah, it was worth and all the money yes. spent. Yes, uh, and keep in mind, the money that these Russians spent pales in comparison to the billion 
dollars. Well, that's just <laughs> the Clinton campaign spent. Really. I mean, the on. idea that she was no match <sighs> for these idiots <laughs> just she goes wouldn't. to show you once again just how pathetic and bad a candidate Hillary Clinton was. Oh my God, that's just boy. The truth. You know, every time there's one more uh, step in, in this investigation, you just kind of. Poo-poo it all the time. It just you're you're complete denial. You're you're complete denial. You can't live with the reality yes, that I you can. actually voted for this monster. That's what that proud is. of it. Yeah. Well, for further uh, uh, reading on this and all that, I recommend an article by Byron York in the Washington Ugh. Examiner. Uh, is the title of which is a non-alarmist Pass. reading of the Mueller Russian in Russia uh, indictment, or at least so far. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. So uh, check that out at the Washington Examiner. Uh, does a pretty good job. You know, Lefty, you mentioned uh, a, a lot of feces. <laughs> yeah, that's Boy, all he mentioned. It sure comes up is. a lot these oh, days. Oh, uh, meanwhile, uh, it, it 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 shows up in a story. And one of the great leftist meccas of the United States, the great city, of course, of San Francisco, California. What? Where apparently it has become, as the as the president apparently has coined the phrase or the term, a shithole. Oh, yes, my God. Yeah, it's really become yep, quite a filthy and nasty. <laughs> oh, uh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Who's saying that now? Uh, NBC News did what? an investigation that revealed a dangerous mix of drug needles, <laughs> garbage, and feces oh throughout downtown God. San Francisco. Surveying 153 oh, blocks, full a full 20-mile stretch, the NBC tree. investigative team found large <laughs> heaps of garbage, food, and discarded junk as well as 100 drug needles and oh. more than 300 piles of feces oh. throughout downtown. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the area is so filth-infested that preschool students have to walk by <laughs> nearly a dozen hypodermic needles oh scattered God. across one block Well, uh, as they embarked on a field trip. <laughs> they probably should have canceled it. Yeah. Um, uh, we see Let's poop. See. We see pee. Stupid. We see needles. <laughs> And we see what? trash. What is that? Said a nursery teacher, rhyme? That's disgusting. Uh, Adelita Arellana. Ar- Ar- uh, sometimes yeah. they ask well, what it is, and that's a conversation that's a little difficult to have with a two-year-old. But we just let them know that those things are full of germs <laughs> that are dangerous, and they should never be touched. Oh, boy. Well, see, they're doing their job. <laughs> Everything's the fine. filth uh, makes the outbreak of diseases all the more likely, according to Dr. Lee Riley, Who? an infectious disease expert at the University of California, Berkeley. Oh. If you do get stuck with these disposed needles, you can get HIV, hepatitis what? C, hepatitis B, and a variety of other viral diseases. If you happen to inhale that, it can also go into your intestine. Yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, oh, Riley, God. who also researched the poorest slums of the world, says that parts of San Francisco are indeed worse than some uh, developed countries. The contamination is much greater than uh, in communities in Brazil or Kenya or India. India? <laughs> What's she have to do with this? Uh, or, uh, 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 India. Oh. Uh, Mohammed Nuru, the director of the Public Works Ooh. Department, estimates that $30 million of the street cleaning budget, about half of it, goes toward cleaning up the mess 
left by the homeless encampment. Good. Yeah. Well, oh, how about that? Uh, the entire Democrat Party operated oh, West oh. Coast. Uh, has been experiencing quite the troubling <laughs> homeless problem since 2015. The homeless population in the West Coast cities has been has seen such an expansion that ten city and county governments have declared states uh-huh. of emergency. Uh-huh. Wow! Well, well, there you see, go, Democratic Party work and its results. Well, there, there it takes is. Takes to the there, Trump economy. There's oh the, uh, God utopia damn, please. that they've got planned for all of us. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, the point here is that it's costing them $30 million of the, since half of their budget, which I guess makes it to $60 million. Right. Obviously, they need more money. Oh. They probably should double that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You just won't let the tax increases be enforced so that people at the government can have the money that it needs to take care of the people, especially the most vulnerable. Like the homeless. Goddamn, that's about as much as full of shit as San Francisco is right now. Yeah, you want to know what's full of shit Donald Trump is? Because it's his kind of pro-rich and give tax breaks to the rich so they can keep all their money in a secret room where they can roll around naked in it while people are starving and living in debt. That's what is really the crime here. And you won't let the government do Well, there's got to be a reckoning when people realize what those tax cuts were only for the rich. According to a New York Times tax cut poll, a majority of Americans now officially approve. What? Of the tax cuts. No! uh, That were described as uh, Armageddon and that uh, they were only going to get crumbs out of the deal. Uh, as according to uh, Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Well, soon to be Speaker yeah. Nancy Pelosi. Oh, my God. Hell no. They're, 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 they're being fooled by slick advertising and stuff like that. Oh, they don't even they know what Damn it. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Lefty, the numbers never lie, and more than uh, the 80% of Americans who will ultimately see more money in their wallets because of a tax reform bill are now realizing the Democrats and the left-leading media sold them a bill of goods. No! Uh, and that this is going to lead to some sort of apocalypse. It not will. so much. Not so much. It will. And things, situations like San Francisco is San Francisco and California's own doing. No! Uh, the Times reports that 51% of Americans now approve the GOP's new tax law. Uh, but forty six percent now disapprove. So forty six percent. There is a, uh, a bit of a difference, and a stretch of that come November would be quite detrimental to the Democrats' hope oh of retaking Congress. It doesn't oh. mean they can't, oh. but it does mean that the uh, lead that they once had is now greatly diminished. No. Uh, I wish this was happening later in the year because that oh. would pretty much cancel any hopes that the Democrats had of retaking oh the God. House, but. Uh, this could continue because, uh, like no. I said, the expansion of capital is the main thing. Uh, once there uh, is capital available for expansion and employment opportunities, that goes a much longer way than uh, class warfare dialogue, which is all the Democrats can offer you and how they're going to punish the rich. Yes. While you never really get much at all when it comes to crumbs. Yeah, that's what happens when you centralize the wealth, as the Democrats want to do. What? And then dole out the crumbs to people they see fit who should receive it, which is the whole plan. All that talk of trickle-down, that's what they do. No, no. (laughs) Literally. So, uh, yeah, uh, reality always trumps 
uh, emotion no, eventually. Emotion can up. lead you into stupidity and stuff if you would be up. so emotionally befuddled as to uh, vote these people in based on you know, again, class warfare, hmm. hatreds, uh, envy as a virtue, jealousy, what, what? have you, uh, could put these people in. But oh ultimately, none of these plans will ever work and they collapse under their own weight. And uh, unfortunately... <sighs> Sometimes you got to go to great extremes of something like San Francisco. So, and but uh, San Francisco and uh, California is so far gone oh, ideologically beautiful. that uh, it's going it to take like a few more now. tons <laughs> of feces everywhere before oh. they finally realize, you know, uh, I'm tired of stinking like shit. <laughs> oh, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, no. they'll, they'll they'll turn it around oh, at that God. point. Oh, just shut up! You know, it, I mean, look what's happened. I mean, children are being slaughtered, and you're all holding to your masters in the NRA, and I just what? won't believe you know what's best for the, the future of this country. I mean, yep. I don't hear any ideas about that. Well, uh, actually, I uh, did have some ideas. Uh, uh, that was suggested by our good friend, the Reverend Bob Levy, where uh, you could hire uh, security guards for schools, and uh, they got all these veterans that are unemployed and all that stuff. Would have been a good thing to do, because here's the guys who are already trained with firearms and whatnot, so that would uh, cut down on any uh, spending on, on training and whatnot to get these guys uh, in the job. And uh, he's not alone in that. Uh, ben Shapiro, uh, one of my favorites, uh, who's uh, the editor-in-chief of the Daily Wire, uh, he was on Fox and Friends and talking about this, and he uh, made a pretty good statement here. Where, uh, why aren't you know why shouldn't we? Or, or well, he said we should uh, protect our children and this uh, just as much as we protect our banks. So yes, banks have armed uh, security guards, and no one even uh, thinks twice about it. Uh, and yet, our children know. No, we just can't seem to put armed guards there. And, and with a giant uh, high school, these big, uh, sprawling campuses, uh, they get almost as big as uh, colleges in some, in some cities and whatnot. Uh, yeah, you're going to need more than one guy. So you're going to need a couple of them there to patrol those areas. And also, uh, why not uh, have IDs and whatnot for uh, students and people who belong there and have that place secured that not just anybody can walk in and out of there uh, to do whatever they want. Uh, if you don't belong there, you shouldn't be on that campus. Very simple. And uh, so there's a suggestion, whereas the rest of these screaming mobs who is all an anti-Trump campaign now, uh, who are utilizing grief, again, raw emotion to manipulate people, and that uh, uh, being a witness to a trauma or actually being there at the crime scene and all that does not give you license to criminalize millions of innocent people, especially when you really have no solutions at all. And I'm getting so sick and tired of people, we're not talking about confiscation. Yeah, don't do my voice like that. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, well, uh, but confiscation is all there is because all the laws they talk about, background checks and uh, all this stuff and bans and whatnot, uh, which is only for cosmetic effect because everyone who are completely ignorant, which is the gun control people, who have no idea what the different styles of guns are, they throw out AR-15. There are several different designs of AR-15. They all go for the black and metal guns, uh, but never even blink an eye at the wooden ones. <laughs> Despite the multitude, uh, far exceeds the amount of guns com uh, crimes committed by uh, rifles would be, of course, uh, handguns, most notably the Glock, uh, so on and so forth. Of course, they, it, then you get down to, well, oh, bad, all that, too. 
that's everything. Eventually you get to confiscation. So don't lie to me and say you're not. There's been a few who've actually come out and say it's time to repeal the Second Amendment, which, of course, you're going to have quite the battle and you're going to lose in trying to, to, to push for something like that. But at least, at least, those people are honest about what they're suggesting to do. And as I said, it's criminalizing millions of innocent people who didn't do any of this. And besides, bans only work on the law-abiding people who are either just flat-out criminals or are deranged people who fantasize about uh, killing people are going to do that when they're that obsessive and passionate about it, and they will get that weapon. And the only thing you can do then is defend yourself. Well, you can't do that when you're unarmed. That's the sad reality. All these... Screaming mobs and people who are dealing in fantasy uh, and acting like, again, that they have license to criminalize people like that. Innocent people uh, can offer you nothing. That's oh, right. God. Amen. I, you know, what? this is what comes in because recently we had the great uh, superhero film, The Black Panther, which oh, is uh, easily the greatest superhero movie ever what? made, period. And if you disagree, you're racist. What? What the hell's I got to do with gun control? Well, not necessarily just gun control, but the kind of just white mansplaining that Mr. Nelson engages in, and he needs to be put in his place. And so Damon Young from, from The Who? Root wrote uh, that we what? need to be inspired by uh, a solution that was offered uh, in the movie uh, that... Africans, where they have these white people who are speaking out of turn. What? There's a means which they could shut them down. They could bark. Yes, quote, huh? one thing we could definitely and should start doing is what Mabuku and what? his K-Dog Jabari tribe did when encountering a problematic white dude who was speaking when there was no ask or need or purpose for the thoughts and opinions of the problematic white Dudes. Who the hell are you, you decide bark. that? Yes. Bark. And the bark should be targeted, overpowered, and dirty! So that's hell? what you should do. Yeah, it should completely communicate that, uh, who told you you could speak? When is it time what? for your words? We will let you know. Oh, and no, then that time will never come. We'll see. What? Now just Shut up and stand there. Oh, God damn, Maybe get on your thing. phone and Google how not to be a colonizer. Oh, God damn Whatever you do, I want to hear you not speaking. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh, you know, God. if a wayward white hand reaches for your hair, woof, 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 woof. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> A group of white people huddle on the sidewalk, refuses to step aside when you attempt to walk past them. Oh. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a purse is clutched when you walk on an elevator. Woof, 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 woof. Yeah, yeah, if they're going to act scared, <laughs> you might Lord. as well give them a reason to be. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you go on, Mr. Young. And he said, I'm announcing the opening of the Mabuku School of Wakandan White Silencing. Yes, yes. Boom. 
Boy, I tell you, I couldn't have summed it up better, Lefty. Uh, The perfect uh, leftist response to any kind of troubles that minorities, especially black people, would be mighty be experiencing is should be based on a fantasy mythical place that doesn't exist. (laughs) And the solution is to act like a dog. Well, Boy, that's some real respect for uh, communities. It sure is. And talk about the racial harmony that would create. Oh, boy. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back with a brand new episode of The Good Doctor. Just... Some women are built for love. Some women are built for trouble. His sister-in-law was built for both. I'm going to seduce your father, bring your mother to grief. I'm going to lay the house in ruins, my man. Trouble is a sister-in-law who can't sleep. It's your parents. Do you think they saw us? Trouble is a sister-in-law who can't sleep alone. Trouble is a sister-in-law looking for trouble. He's good, isn't he? Good? In bed. Edward and I taught each other quite a lot. Just one bit of advice. Stay on top or she'll choke the life out of you. The sister-in-law, the newest member of the family, playing the oldest game in the world. Let's find a room. Playing a game of survival in the suburbs. Why the hell did you do this? How could you do it? That's my brother. That's my goddamn brother. That was suicide in the streets. I'll get you the 300,000. I've had your wife and your mistress. And I threw your heroin into a mountain stream. The trouble with being a brother-in-law... Drop your towel. ...is sometimes... The sister-in-law. In space, no one can hear. I stand corrected. Wow! Sounds like a cool outer space movie! <laughs> it isn't. But fortunately, your old pal Mr. Nelson will be there to guide you through it. Yes, that's right. Cosmos War of the Planets was Italy's answer to Star Wars, but for some reason, it just didn't catch on. Maybe it was the cheap special effects, or the below soap opera level acting, or maybe it was the fact the studio forgot to turn the damn lights on. Anyway, our sci-fi romp stars John Richardson, who once had a shot at being James Bond, but he lost out to George Lazenby. (laughs) Richardson just couldn't catch a break. I mean, it's one thing to lose out to Sean Connery, or even Roger Moore, (laughs) but George Lazenby? (laughs) Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. Whoa! Where can I pick up this goodie? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. And you can pick up this particular sci-fi adventure for only $1.75. Whoa, cheap! <laughs> yes, yes it is. 
Say, where do you think you're going looking like that? You need to put a pair of pants on your bare ass, because I don't want to see it, and America doesn't want to see it either. So put some pants on. I don't want to. The last guy with that attitude got arrested for indecent exposure and ended up becoming some big giant 300 pound thug's prison bitch. No! So you'd better put some pants on. Buy a pair of pants today. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And now, it's time for The Good Doctor. Previously on The Good Doctor, we learned that Dr. Feelgood agreed to perform a penile transplant surgery upon toilet paper tycoon Victor Hangenbottom. But Victor's wife, former stripper and porn star Misty Hole, visited Dr. Feelgood and in a vain attempt to seduce him, tried to convince him not to perform the surgery. Little did Dr. Good and Misty Hull know that Misty was being spied on by private investigator Linoleum Walker, who had been hired by Victor Hagenbottom some time earlier. And now, the day of the surgery has arrived, and Dr. Phil Good is performing it, aided by his wife and nurse practitioner, Jane Good, and his partner, Dr. Boner. <laughs> oh, man. Phil, you got to take a look at this. What? Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's horrible. What? What's wrong, Doctor? <laughs> Hanging bottom has the words... Hot Rod tattooed on his pecker. <laughs> Jane, quick. <laughs> Get your phone and snap a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and shortly after surgery. Hey, say, Phil. Uh, Ivana's throwing a little shindig Friday night, and I uh, wanted you two to join us. Uh, yeah, sure, Boner. At least Ivana could cook. <laughs> hey, glad you seem to appreciate Ivana, because, uh, we was kind of open for a good old-fashioned night of wife-swapping. What do you say? Um, I don't know, Boner. Hey, consider yourself a full partner at Creepington, and no more gambling debts. Okay, but, uh... You better have some coke, because it's a no-go without blow for Jane Good. And so, Dr. Feelgood and his wife, nurse practitioner Jane Good, arrive at the home of Dr. Dick Boner and his wife, Ivana. Not exactly friends, but rather career stepping stones. Sorry we're late, Boner. But Jane had to change in and out of a hundred black dresses. <laughs> yeah, well, y'all had better hurry on in before I self-medicate all the booze away. <laughs> As usual, Dr. Feelgood ignores his wife 
but instead zeroes in on the Creepington Clinic's young receptionist, Salad Green. Of course, this does not go unnoticed by Jane or Dick. Huh. Nice of Phil to mingle among the hired pissants, eh, Jane? May I have this dance, Miss Green, so that I might admire my own reflection within the lenses of your charming spectacles? Well, who am I to deny the great Dr. Feelgood? But just because you are a doctor, doesn't mean you get to play doctor! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll see about that. <laughs> wow. What a sweet couple. Now why would a man married to a woman with supermodel looks go sniffing after common generic tell? Nah, oh, well, some guys are into the librarian look. Me? I like them high class. Know what I mean? Alright, goddammit, get your sarcastic ass down to the okay, basement! Okay, gang, dinner is served! Damn it! Great timing, Ivana! And so, dinner is indeed served. And then consumed. And then... Okay, is everybody ready for dessert? Oh, man, I, I thought you'd never ask. Okay, I'll get the cocaine. Right, and I'll get the razors and mirrors. Wow, look at that hot piece of ass Jane Good. Hey, she's already shit-faced. Looks like old Sally Green might score just yet. But whoa, what does she see in Dr. Phil Good? when he's such an obvious, horny, skirt-chasing womanizer. But then, <laughs> so am I. Meanwhile, over at the Hanging Bottom Estate, where we find Private Investigator Linoleum Walker and Misty Hole. <laughs> Misty, uh, this was all about sex, but now I... I I don't know, I, I think I'm falling for you. And now, well, blackmailing you into this affair makes me feel kind of guilty. Can you ever forgive me? Yeah, sure. Now lose the shorts. Honey, honey, daddy's home and packing a lot more than sugar for my cutie pie. I, whoa, whoa, no, Misty, naked in the arms of another man? No. Holy, oh shit, Mr. Hangingbottom, Mr. Hangingbottom, oh man, he's out cold. Don't just stand there, you idiot, call 911. So, has Victor Hangingbottom met his fate due to a shocked and broken heart? And just what the hell's going on with the men and women of Creepington Clinic? Find out in further episodes of The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor is a Nelson production written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Incidental music is provided by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Temptation never came in a more dangerous package. I don't believe you. Explosively new. Ernest Hemingway's The Killers. 
the wheels of fate challenge the killers who reach across today's great speedways to trap their victims as they roar across the screen in their Cobras, Ferraris, Maseratis at 160 miles per hour. Only Hemingway could have conceived it. Only today's screen could make the characters come so vividly alive. Lee Marvin as Charlie, who paid him $25,000 for each killing. Well, I gotta find out what makes a man decide not to run. Why all of a sudden he'd rather die. Angie Dickinson as Sheila. She knew more than one way to kill a man. John Cassavetes as Johnny North, who boasted there was nothing that moved that he couldn't handle. And Sheila moved. You have a better idea. Unconditional surrender. Ronald Reagan as Browning, who planned a million-dollar heist and got more than he bargained for. You get back to the hotel and stay there. I like it here. Well, I can change that in a hurry. Clue Gulliger as Lee. With or without a pistol, he was deadly as a cobra. Mickey, you will tell us everything. The way he's got it planned. There'll be just the two of you in the getaway car. And more than a million dollars. What are you doing? Well, to get to them before they get to me. No. I want to set you straight, but you got it all wrong. This is no game. Now I want the truth, the whole truth. I'll help you. God, you're going out that way to express. Do you understand that? Next time on a special, my brother's keeper. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Earl, uh, your daddy's old house is haunted. It's haunted. <laughs> Damn it, Daryl! I'd be mad at you if I thought you were disgracing daddy's memory. But I have to realize you're too stupid to know any better. How the hell you know daddy's haunting his old place? Yeah, well, we were working on the bathroom. I was here by myself. I kept hearing creaks and noises didn't make no sense, and I said, Daddy, is that you? And I swear I could hear his voice. What'd he say? He said, of course it's me, dumbass. Who else could it be? <laughs> Why the hell would Daddy appear to you and not me? Now, I don't really believe in all this supernatural hocus-pocus voodoo BS. But even I must admit, there are some things I cannot explain. So, I figured we'd look into this, because as it turns out, my old buddy Bubba James from the Army is an expert in the paranormal science. So, I'm going to let him be the last word on this after he does his investigation of the old house. Yeah, yeah, Bubba James will show you. He got all that equipment and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, believe in ghosts and spirits and all that. I mean, come on. How do you explain certain strange things? I mean, it's like uh, every now and then I lose my keys <laughs> and I go looking for it all over the place. And when I end up finding it, it's right back where I left it. <laughs> I mean, how does that 
that happen? You tell me. <laughs> I bet Bubba Jean's gonna find out. <laughs> uh, my name is Bubba James. For the past 11 years, I have worked in the air conditioning plumbing business. And on the side, I am what you might call an amateur paranormal investigator. Since the sciences just will not recognize this science, it is uh, very difficult to get any kind of certification or what have you to uh, claim any kind of professionalism. But for the past five years, I've been actively investigating certain paranormal incidents. And for a small fee, I will investigate your property to determine whether or not it is indeed haunted. You see, Bubba, this door here—it's always swinging and shut and open all its own. What's the explanation for that one? Well, Daryl, I looked at that one, but it looks like you got a case of some loose hinges, so that door is just gonna swing on its own. And I think that pretty much debunks that theory. I don't think that's any evidence whatsoever of paranormal activity. <laughs> God damn! Should have well, known. Should have yeah, known. Yeah, but I come. It's mostly warm in the rest of the house, but it's always. Icicle right here in Daddy's bedroom. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 uh, I need you guys to call out to him. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy. It's Daryl. Daddy, you here? Daddy. Daddy, it's Earl. Just, you know, give us a sign. Just so we'll let us know you're still here with us. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, play it back. See what we got. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy. It's Daryl. Daddy, you here? Daddy. Hey, Terrell, just, you know, give us a sign, just so we'll let us know you're still here with us. Oh, man, this is nothing but a sham. I didn't hear nothing in there. Come on, now. Now, hold on, brother. We got one more test we can do. I can load up this audio and watch it on the, uh, the software, because it'll show a graph of the sound. And we'll see if there's any anomalies in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, analogies. You gotta look for the analogies, there. Okay, I'm gonna uh, isolate it and amplify it. All right, now let's see what we got here. Daddy, hey, Terrell, this, you know, give us a sign so we'll let us know you're still here with us. Yeah, trying to hear what it was. It could yeah, be yeah, a yeah. message. Uh, Daddy, uh, come uh, on, right. man. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna isolate it even more right on the anomaly, then loop it and amplify it some more so there's no doubt what the message was. Hey, Terrell. This, you know. Hey, Terrell. Wait a minute. This, uh, that didn't sound know. like no hey, one Terrell. talking. That this, sounds like Sandy uh, Yeah. Hey, Terrell. Yeah. The hell? I kind of ripped hey, one Terrell. at that point. I forgot about that. Hey, <laughs> this, oh, man. I know, thought it was hey, a silent Terrell. one. But I guess it this, made a little noise that the mic picked hey, up. Terrell. <laughs> this, God, no. Damn it, Terrell. Hey, Terrell. That's next time on a special. Halloween episode of 
My Brother's Keeper on TLC. Say, friends, why don't you help out The Nelson Show by visiting my many stores? Yes, you know, if you've been a regular listener, you've heard that I have a store at selfie.com. Selfie.com slash Nelson. Yes, there you can find all my little videos. Yes, videos of old movies, old sci-fi, old horror movies, things like that, with my delightful commentary and liberal use of cartoon sound effects. Yes, 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 lots of fun. But if that's not enough for you, you can head over to rifttracks.com slash iriffs slash nelson dash theater. That's iriffs with an I, R-I-F-F-S, slash nelson, N-A-I-L-S-I-N, dash theater, spelled the old English way, P-H-E-A-T-R-E. Yes, it's just that simple. rifttracks.com slash iriffs slash nelson dash theater. There you'll find... More of the same films I've done, but also some extra ones, including Batman and Robin. Yes, the old 40s serial of these uh, dynamic duo guys. And uh, once again, my sound effects and uh, wonderful commentary. Yes, also, there's society6.com slash Mr. Nelson, all one word, where you can get my t-shirts of a different variety of designs. And art prints, mugs, pillows, even clocks. Yes, and much more. So head over to society6.com slash Mr. Nelson for those goodies. And of course, don't forget selfie.com slash Nelson. That's selfie.com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. And you can help out your old pal, Mr. Nelson. Yes, 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 yes you can. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Welcome back so that I can say goodbye. Uh, before I wrap this up, I'll give a few thoughts uh, once again <laughs> on uh, superhero movies, uh, in particular the DC Comics version, as Marvel continues to reign as king of the universe as far as the superhero movies go. Uh, for DC, this was primarily put on the shoulders of director Zack Snyder. Uh, he had had some great successes, uh, most notably with 300, which was also based on a comic book series. And, uh, before that he did this brilliant, really great, uh, uh, what do you, uh, reboot of, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I mean, it's far superior than, uh, the original in, in, in all ways. And that's one of those things I always think about reboots. If you want to do a reboot, why don't you take something, uh, that wasn't that great, or uh, in fact, even failed miserably, and see if you can turn that into gold. Now, uh, Dawn of the Dead was popular with its, with the cult following of those Romero movies, but it really isn't that great. It has the concept and the plot idea and everything there, but it's it's it it doesn't hold up. And none of the other Romero movies, Night of the Living Dead, is his great achievement as far as Romero goes. But uh, if you want to see a really great uh, zombie movie, uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, is is pretty close to about as perfect as you're going to get for, for that sort of thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, so he had some, uh, some winners there under his belt. I really enjoyed his uh, adaption of Watchmen. Uh, there's a lot of 
people who didn't, and there's a lot of people who were, I guess, uh, the Alan Moore cult, who's the guy who wrote the original uh, Watchmen series and that whole thing. He he doesn't want any movies made of his work, and there's some reason for that because of a turd like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was just awful. Uh, but and then uh, Alan Moore is a whole other subject I'll have to do something on because <laughs> that's a whole other story. But uh, as far as adaptions go, it's pretty damn close to the material. Uh, and in fact, there's a change in plot that actually, in my way of thinking, works better uh, than the comic book version. But again, with uh, Zack Snyder movies, certainly from Watchmen on, uh, you got to see the full cut. Uh, they'd released as the ultimate cut uh, and it, it flows a lot better and includes so much more material of the story. It's very long, but it's, it's, it's better. Now the theatrical version wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, of course the longer version is much, much better. And so there's that. Uh, but when the dark Knight trilogy came along and that was all the hubbub and everything, and Nolan was getting all that praise, uh, Warner brothers approached him about overseeing a, a relaunch of uh, Superman. They had tried Superman Returns, uh, and despite I thought the actor was okay for the role, and I thought it's unfair to him that it failed so badly, but the concept of doing a sequel to the Christopher Reeve franchise and with this really terrible soap opera-like plot about Lois Lane having his illegitimate child, and uh, because he had, you know, in the, in the Christopher Reeve movies, he... Uh, gave her amnesia from, so she wouldn't remember he's Clark Kent. And, of course, they had slept together <laughs> at that time, so she forgets all of that. Uh, he, does, he does this with a kiss. I didn't know if you kiss Superman, you lose your memories, but apparently if he wants you to, you will. <laughs> and that they left it at that, and so uh, what was it? Uh, Brian Singer came in to direct uh, Return of Superman, and he wanted to just do a sequel to that. Like, that was the end of Superman 2 from the Christopher Reeve era. And just forget about the other movies, which weren't any good anyway. And and I don't know why, but they thought that was something they needed to do. They thought the 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 image of the Christopher Reeve uh, series was so huge that no one would accept a new movie series if it wasn't like that one. It was really ridiculous. And then it forced them into this, or it did, well, didn't force them, you could have said nothing happened, but the, the idea that Superman fathered this child, and then Lois... <laughs> She has this baby, and so she assumes it's this other guy. <laughs> so was was Lewis? I mean, Lois banging this guy because I mean, she tells Superman because the point of the movie is that Superman uh, left the Earth and has been gone for five years, and uh, Lois is all mad. You know, I waited for you. Well, uh, you must have waited like five minutes <laughs> before you jumped in the sack with this other guy. Uh, I, look, I could go on forever about that, too. Uh, but that wasn't the fault of the actor. Uh, well, Brandon Routh, who's on the uh, in the uh, Legends of Tomorrow TV series on uh, CW, playing another superhero, the Atom. So I guess he made out all right. But uh, so then that failed, and they wanted to try again. Now, keep in mind, at the beginnings, this was just to be another Superman franchise, and I think they were going for a Nolan-esque approach it. In fact, a lot of people who are writing articles about it just kind of dubbed it Superman Begins, like Batman Begins, so that this is what this would be. And that was it. It was going to be this three-part trilogy, and it was just going to be Superman. There was no Justice League. There was no Batman. There was not to be any of that. This was just Superman. Uh, but it would be this other version of him 
uh, apart from the Christopher Reeve, uh, uh, you know, ideal. And that's what was going through. So uh, Nolan gets the job of being the producer to kind of oversee this, and he hires Zack Snyder to be the director. From that point on, it's Zack Snyder's baby. But as success of Marvel, everything was coming around, and they were really building this Marvel franchise idea, and now everybody's getting in on the game, and they want all these connected universe franchises you see with other ideas and franchises and whatnot. Um, and uh, Warner Brothers was caught uh, uh, sitting on their hands when they could have been the leader in this a long time ago, but it just never occurred to them for whatever reason. And so they all of a sudden, oh, okay, we're going to do this. So then uh, Superman becomes the tentpole. Now, interestingly enough, uh, they were already thinking of this because they had released a Green Lantern movie, and they said, okay, this will be the tentpole. So maybe that's true, but there's really not a whole lot in that movie to tell you that there's anything beyond just Green Lantern. So this Man of Steel movie comes along after that Green Lantern movie failed. So here's Man of Steel, and it does all right. I can't say that it's perfect. There's a really serious problem, and it's not Superman killing General Zod at the end. Sorry, spoilers, but yeah, that's what he does. Uh, no, it's the death of Jonathan Kent, which was really bizarre, and it's stretches credulity that Superman would just stand there and watch his adopted father uh, get killed in the, in, in the tornado storm. Uh, he would leap to his rescue with, before he even thought about it. So, it, and I, I understood the plot is, oh, you got to keep your power secret and all that. But no, <laughs> they needed to rewrite that as something else, some other way for Jonathan Kent to die. And not like that, not right in front of him. Because uh, he, no, he was not going to, Superman would not stay there like that. So uh, that was a huge problem. The rest of it, it it's sort of interesting. And it's an idea of, of the reality-based world of how would the world react to someone like that. And it wouldn't be all that great. Uh, the ensuing battle from a young uh, Superman who, this is his first foray as Superman. Uh, and the city of Metropolis is just devastated by this battle. And you see that, boy, uh, you wish superheroes were real and all that. Well, think again. <laughs> it might not be all that great, uh, even when you have a good guy like Superman in your corner. Uh, so that was the point of it. A lot of people crapped on it for that, but I no, I got what they were doing. But anyway... Little Easter eggs were tossed around. There was, of course, Lex Luthor is a part of the Superman story, so there are Easter eggs to his company and whatever. And then there's a fight between Zod and Superman where they go into outer space and uh, they smash into the satellite, and there you see the Wayne logo. So that establishes, yes, there is a Bruce Wayne, so there's a Batman. But it's very simple, and i got to think that came in after the fact. So... But all in all, Man of Steel, as far as this superhero universe goes, is almost completely Zack Snyder's vision. So he bears responsibility uh, for uh, its wins as well as its failures, which uh, I touched on with the Jonathan Kent thing. So when the criticism comes from him on that one, well, he's just going to have to take it. So following that, Zack Snyder, of course, is on board to do Man of Steel 2 or something like that. Uh, another Superman movie. Well, no, we want to get this going, and we got to hurry up and catch up with Marvel, so we need you to do that in one movie. <laughs> so they decided Batman's our most popular character, so let's get Batman in there, and that was the birth of Batman versus Superman. Well, what do you do? So, uh, again, with Zack Snyder movies, 
the Batman versus Superman, which had this impossible task of doing in one movie what Marvel had done for, I guess, about five years at that time uh, to set up this DC Universe thing. And it just was not possible to do. Um, so uh, of, of the comics that Zack Snyder has praised, of course, Watchmen was one that he really liked. And Dark Knight Returns was the other one. And so you see an awful lot of elements of Dark Knight Returns in Batman versus Superman, in which a lot of times I thought, boy, they should have just did a flat-out adaption of, of Dark Knight Returns and then said that the rest of the DC movies uh, would tell the story of the DC world that happened in between. Whereas, see, Dark Knight Returns, is, is, it takes place in the future. Batman's very old, he's in retirement, and he comes out of retirement and all that, and it ends with a battle between Batman and Superman. Um so that's probably what they could have done. A few tweaks here and there to bring Wonder Woman in if they wanted. Uh, I do not want to see an adaption of the sequel to Dark Knight Returns because it's just awful, but Wonder Woman is in it. And I thought they could have weaved that in there to make it work so they could introduce her and then she goes off into her own movie like they did. But it would kind of make more of a sense of a story where this is set in some future and that the details of Batman and Superman would be filtered throughout the other the Justice League movies and stuff like that, should they want. Well, they didn't do that. They just borrowed the looks of that movie, <laughs> and that's really not enough. There's a few other nods. If you know the story, you, you recognize it. And But, boy, uh, Batman versus Superman just couldn't do what it was uh, forced to do. And I don't blame Zack Snyder for that. Uh, because this isn't the movie he wanted to do, but it's what he was hired to do. It's what WB wanted, and they wanted this movie to just suddenly make it happen for them. That they so would suddenly have this franchise like Marvel did, and uh, rush, 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 and all that. So again, uh, the extended cut is better. I do recommend it for uh, uh, DC fans because there's plenty in there for you to enjoy. But if you're just an average moviegoer, nah, no, it's not, it's not good for you. Uh, but anyway, uh, Zack Snyder took a lot of crap for that, and he doesn't completely deserve that. Um, uh, but he does deserve the depiction of Lex Luthor, which is probably one of the worst parts of that movie. Lex Luthor, yes, there is some obsessive and mental disorder there, if you want to put it that way, uh, that he's his obsession with Superman and all that. But he's not the Joker. He's not that crazy. And this was just too far in that direction. I don't know who decided that, but Zach's the director. And uh, this push of making him sort of the Heath Leather version of, of, of Lex Luthor, uh, no, no, that was bad. Uh, you need to drop that. <laughs> so it's too bad because the Lex Luthor uh, versus Superman would have been the challenge because we've seen different versions of it from TV shows and, of course, the Gene Hackman version and all that. And to try to recreate that would have been a cool challenge to try to hit that head on and move on. But it wasn't a Superman sequel. It was a Batman and Superman movie. So anyway, that's how that went. And the problem was it was a huge hype. It was financially very successful, but it left a bad taste in people's mouth. And there was lots of jokes about the Martha thing and all that. <laughs> and it, 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 it did its damage. They immediately rush out uh, another movie to jump in on this with Suicide Squad, which is 10 times worse than anything Batman versus Superman did. It is really bad. And of course I hear, you know, find out this had nothing to do with Zack Snyder. I guess he was a producer on it. I can't remember, but that really doesn't mean a whole lot. And the, the guy, they, it was a slap job. I mean, he, he had six weeks 
to put this together, to write the script <laughs> and all that. And so you can see it in the movie. Uh, the movie starts out okay. It has its introductory of the cast and all that, and that's fine. The second half is pure garbage. They just wander around looking for a plot. <laughs> And it, it it's it's just terrible. And there's all kind of things you can look at it where they could have weaved it into a larger story and everything. But no, no, they didn't. Um, yeah, I know Margot Robbie looked great as Harley Quinn because she's she's hot. <laughs> but that's not enough to carry a movie. It just isn't. So that left even more of a bad taste in people's mouth about the DC movies. And Zach, being the overall overseer of it all, again, takes a hit, even though he didn't direct that one. Uh, then, finally, Wonder Woman comes along and saves the day, or it seemed to, because it's the most popular film of this uh, franchise. And it was just a fantastic film. Just great. Can't recommend it more. And... Um, you know, and that's a Patty Jenkins film. Again, Zack Snyder was the, uh, the producer and all that. And, of course, kind of introduced Wonder Woman in Batman vs. Superman, so it sets it up for the story and all that. But when the Wonder Woman movie stands alone, uh, is great because you don't really need to see Batman vs. Superman. You know, there's links to it and all that. But, but anyway, and so this gave a lot of hope that people uh, would give Justice League a chance. Well, they didn't. <laughs> they just flat out didn't. Um and so Justice League uh, failed. It did make what? Uh, what is it? Six hundred and twenty-five billion dollars? No, million. I'm sorry, billion. Jeez, <laughs> what do you mean? It's, uh, you know, six hundred and twenty-five million, and that's far shy. They were hoping for a billion uh, to hit that to, to call it the the overwhelming success. The movie itself is not horrible. It's not bad. It's not a great film. It has a tremendous problem in it. And that um, uh, the plot or the the reason for the villain to arrive to the Earth is given that people are are so fearful and scared because in Batman versus Superman, Superman has died, and now everyone's so scared that the sensation of fear uh, is, is like in the it's like the scent of fear is in the air, and it brings the villain Steppenwolf. Uh, who is one of these characters, Jack Kirby characters from the planet Apocalypse and the uh, uh, Dark Side's world and all that. So he comes over uh, sensing this fear and seeking out the mother boxes which had been buried there uh, thousands of years earlier when he had been there to try to take over the world. And the gods and Amazons and uh, Atlanteans fought him off. And they show all that. And that's all well and good. But the problem is, is that the idea is that the fear, because Superman is dead, is why he's coming. Well, <laughs> if that's what drew him out, uh, boy, uh, World War II didn't. <laughs> the Cold War didn't. Uh, the Black Plague didn't. <laughs> I, it, so uh, it doesn't, that, that's really, that, that's one of the weakest points there. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Steppenwolf's motivations is never occurred. It turns out this is all because of the reshoots and redoing. And then, of course, a technical aspect of Superman uh, scenes they put in there, which I, I did like the idea of the opening scene of Superman on the, uh, the kids' can uh, uh, video and all that, that. That's fine. But the problem is uh, it, had, it was one of the reshoots, and Henry Cavill had grown a mustache for the Mission Impossible film he was working on, and they called him in, and the Mission Impossible producer said, no, he cannot shave his mustache. <laughs> so they had to digitally remove it, and it 
It's terrible. It doesn't work. I don't know who they hired to do it, but they uh, don't hire them again. They didn't know what they were doing. And it's very distracting. And that, on the technical aspect, yeah, is very bad. And, you know, because things like that will take you out of the movie and you don't want to be taken out of the movie. Uh, but, uh, so Steppenwolf's original for the Zack Snyder version of it was that the mother boxes were, uh, uh, held the, the soul or essence of his mother, his actual mother. And he was trying to restore her because he wanted her power to help him overthrow dark side. And dark side is the ultimate villain in the DC universe. You know, he's this, uh, God that rules that you know, hellacious planet they called Apocalypse. <laughs> and and uh, so that would lead you to further plots when Darkseid would eventually face off with the Justice League. All right, so that was going to be in there. It's all gone. It's not there. Very foolish. I don't know why they they threw that out. I just don't get it. I You know, because it, it really screws with the plot. He's just this stumbling around villain who looks kind of stupid. And why, you know, well, I want the mother boxes and yeah. So that's the failing point, but that's not Zack Snyder's fault. <laughs> Zack Snyder. Now the official story was that Zack Snyder had to step down because his daughter had uh, committed suicide and, you know, uh, he, he couldn't deal with the work, you know, with that kind of devastation. He needed time off. So Joss Whedon came in to handle the reshoots. Now, the reshoots had already been ordered because whatever cut that Zack Snyder had put together, they didn't like. Now, the word that came out said it was unwatchable. Uh, but the plot details sound so much better. I mean, that was a longer movie. They ruled that it had to be only two hours. So that cut out a lot of stuff, but uh, some of the plot details, I, they could have maintained it. Uh, but uh, but I think it's because it had a lot of connections to the previous movie, the Batman versus Superman and uh, Man of Steel. For instance, there's a scene when Superman's resurrected. He doesn't come back to normal until his mother shows up and calms him down very much in the way she did in the Man of Steel movie when he's a little boy and he can't control his powers and all that sort of thing. So that, that would have been a nice touch. Um, but that, of course, connects it to the movie that they probably wanted everyone to forget. Now, interestingly enough, there's a line in there where Superman's uh, still kind of crazy after he's been resurrected and he's uh, attacking Batman and he repeats the line that Batman asked him, you know, do you bleed? Um, so, I mean, it's inescapable that this is a sequel to that movie. So <laughs> I don't know, but whatever the reason, uh, it's now known that uh, he did. Zack Snyder didn't step down because his daughter died. He was fired. Uh, that seems to be the deal, and that Warner Brothers used that story of his of his daughter's passing to just sort of save grace. Because this happens, they said, "Oh, that's why we're giving him time off and all that sort of thing." <sighs> so, uh, still to this day, people blame uh, Zack Snyder for the entire failure of of, of those movies. Uh, well. <laughs> I I can't help but think that from what the plot details we've got, uh, details about Lex Luthor being broken out by Deathstroke, which is one of these popular villains in the DC comics. Uh, he shows up at the tail end there to give you kind of a clue of what was supposed to happen next. 
but there was a whole scene for uh, the escape and everything. So, uh, and then of course, like I said, more explanations and more scenes of Green Lanterns and stuff like that, uh, just all gone. And of course, Dark Side himself eliminated. And I don't even know if that means that Warner Brothers doesn't want that to even happen. But it's a little late. Um, and if they're angry with Zack Snyder over Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman and all that. Why was he hired to do yet another movie? <laughs> and and so I don't know. And then you end up firing him anyway. And so there's really, whoever's right. Well, there's, there was a guy, uh, uh, Sujihara was the overseer of all this. And he's the one who ordered that it had to be two hours all of a sudden. All this sort of thing. As if he knows what he's talking about. Um, so uh, if there's a guy to blame, it's him. <laughs> There's a new guy in charge, uh, Hermato, who I talked about. Uh, I don't know if I did it on here or on my YouTube channel, but uh, he had overseen the, uh, uh, what was it, Insidious or Conjuring movies, which uh, little did Noah uh, seem to notice that Conjuring is actually a expanded universe franchise unto itself. There's other movies spinning off from it and everything. And he was successful in managing that. So I think that's why they brought him in to oversee that in the hopes that he can bring this under control and, and reg and manage it well. But also uh, those movies were cheap, but horror movies can tend to be cheaper than these uh, superhero spectaculars. But there's also ideas that Zack Snyder might have went way too far with all the different powers. I mean, Doomsday and Batman vs. Superman was way too powerful and all the spectacular effects and just total devastation. Eh, tone it down. And then again, you had some of that. Of course, it was Steppenwolf and New God's powers and all that. It sort of made sense, but still, uh, yeah, you're spending way too much money on stuff that's not really all that necessary. So there's their type of criticism. But... If this is true, <laughs> if this is true that they uh, did that to Zack Snyder and used his daughter's death to kind of save face, uh, <laughs> why? I don't know. Because they're talking about, wow, will we ever get to see the vision of Zack? If there is it even, because it's looking now that the cut was complete. Uh, whether or not the music had been added and some special effects had been completed is another matter. But the idea that we would ever see that version. Probably unlikely, since there's got to be some pretty serious bad blood between Snyder and Warner Brothers at this point. So I think that's it for Zack Snyder, on uh, at least for DC comic superheroes. And uh, it's just, it's not all that together fair. I mean, uh, bring in other guys, other directors, because there's going to be those other spinoff movies. That, that was always the plan. I mean, Aquaman's going forward. They're shooting Shazam as we speak. And, of course, we Wonder Woman's definitely coming back for a sequel. All that sort of stuff. Um, they could have let him just complete this one and be on his merry way. But because uh, the result they got is hampered. Again, by uh, the failure of Batman versus Superman, which was not the movie he wanted, and it was completely overruled by Warner Brothers itself. Uh, and then uh, Justice League, again, overruled because they wanted reshot and shrunk down and all the. <sighs> just... So, does Zack Snyder deserve the hatred he gets from a lot of people? No, he does not. Uh, that probably goes to Warner Brothers <laughs> and uh, Sujihara in uh, particular. So, and especially this deal about covering up his actually being fired. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty sleazy. So, 
so that's uh, my thoughts in total on Zack Snyder and his work on the superheroes. No, no, by no means perfect. No, by no means a genius or any of that type of thing. Uh, he's had some winners, like I mentioned, uh, and he's had some some duds. And but uh, this superhero franchise to dump it all on him is the evidence is just not there. Quite the contrary. So. Best of luck to Zack Snyder and what he does in the future, but I think that's it for his uh, superhero movies as far as uh, DC goes. And uh, it's a really nasty turn of events, and uh, there's a lot of backstabbing in in Hollywood, apparently. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) All right, I went way too long on this than I expected, but I get windy on these subjects. Sorry about that. So we'll see you Saturday for yet another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. Good night, everybody. Oh, wait, damn it. I keep forgetting. I, I promised Eric Demery of Hysteric Tunes. Uh, I think that's, yeah, Hysteric Animation. Uh, the guy, he does these cartoons of your favorite podcasts uh, from Compound Media and Riotcast and all that. And he even did one of me and Bob Levy from uh, the old Bob Levy Show. And, uh... So they're all very funny and everything, but uh, I, he came up with his idea of doing one based on my artwork. So I, I sent him some artwork that I did of the cast of uh, 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 of the uh, Rob Saul show. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and so I, I say, he said, hey, could you mention it on the Rob Saul show? I said, yeah, sure. And I completely forgot to do it. <laughs> that was the last show that we posted this week. It was a pre-taped show because we've been punished <laughs> because of Rob's foolishness with porn. Um, but we kissed and made up with Gonzo, and we'll be back live uh, next Monday. Hopefully, I remember to mention make mention of it again. Again, I apologize to Mr. Demery. Uh, but he uh, he will be working on that cartoon, and I'm sure you'll see it on the Rob Saul Show and, of course, on his own YouTube channel. So check, check out his YouTube channel, subscribe and all that, and look forward to that. At some point, it'll be there. But I just want <laughs> to make mention, as promised, that yes, that is in the works, uh, and we, you know we look forward forward to that. And of course, uh, the Rob Saul Show is back live next Monday on the uh, Gonzo Podcast platform. So there you go. Everything's caught up, I believe. <laughs> uh, so we'll see you again uh, uh, this Saturday. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. Woof, 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 woof.